Welcome to Bancroft's Broadcasts, the school podcast where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about the school and its community. This is the place to keep up to date and in touch with our school. So let's get into this episode of Bancroft's Broadcasts. Joe Leyburn is head of Bancroft's Prep School. We speak to Joe about the big changing career that brought him to the school and about the beliefs and values that create such a special environment for the children Joe works with. Let's hear from Joe. So here on the podcast, we like to meet different teachers with different roles in different departments around the school. And today we turn to Joe Leyburn, who is head of Bancroft's Prep School. Hello, Joe. Hello there, Clive. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Pleased to meet you. Now, I've already met the head of Bancroft Senior School. I'm looking forward to meeting you and hearing a bit more about the prep school side of Bancroft's. Well, I'd be happy to oblige. Excellent. Now, to start with, perhaps you can tell us a little about yourself. What got you into teaching and what was it that brought you to Bancroft's? Well, I've been head here since 2012, but I've been at this school a long time. It feels like a long time in some ways, but every day is is a really special day here. And I think one of the reasons I feel like that is because I used to be a journalist. I worked for a long time, 15 years as a television journalist. And although that was an amazing time in my life, and I look back on it, fondly in many ways a news story is really a bad news story and I think coming to a school and although we're a truly academic school we are at the end of the day a primary school and being surrounded by children aged 7 to 11 they are so positive so upbeat it's a brilliant place to be obviously if you don't like children in the age group 7 to 11 it's a terrible place to be but I happen to and my colleagues do and and we love working here It's, it's a brilliant place to work. So that's quite a shift in career then, isn't it? From journalism through to teaching. What was it that made you think that you needed that change and that teaching was the way to go for you? To some extent, it was it was just not the right time for me anymore in a number of ways. I mean, I had a young family. I was travelling overseas. Like I worked for Channel 4's Dispatches programme, and that's become something that's on irregularly. But it used to be on pretty much every week, and I was one of the reporters who was on screen very, very regularly. And we were all over the world a lot of the time. And the, the last big thing I did was a, was a thing in North Korea. It was quite hairy. We weren't really supposed to be there. Uh, we filmed in China. We filmed in, uh, in South Korea whilst we were there too and I was away from home for a long time about five weeks in the end and when I came back my two older boys at that time were were quite young and I could see that you know they missed me but life kind of went on without me and I thought is this the sort of dad I really want to be so that's the misty-eyed version of, of why I decided maybe stop being a television journalist but I think the other thing I could see which way the wind was blowing with current affairs and documentaries which was the area that I was in that increasingly uh, game shows and reality tv were taking over and I thought I don't want to stay in an area where I'm not welcome anymore or the type of journalism I do isn't so valued anymore. And I thought, well, what else could I do? Now, my dad did hundreds of different jobs. And the last job he did before he retired was was be a teacher. And he loved it. And in fact, I when I was at secondary school, I was at the school that he taught at. So I've kind of seen behind the magic curtain. I've seen what it's like to be a teacher from quite a young age. Um, and I'd always thought about it. And he always said, do other things first, because if you do other things first, you'll 
really appreciate what a great, great job this is. And I think that's valuable. I mean, there are lots and lots of amazing career teachers who've, 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 who've been teachers all through their working lives. But I quite like when we interview people for positions here, I quite like it if they've done something else, because of course that was my story. And often I think they bring things uh, to the place that, uh, that, that make it a richer place for their previous experiences. So that's how I, I came into teaching and, and I've loved it. I've, I've loved every day that I've been here and that, that sounds incredibly sort of cliched and trite, but it's true. I, I love coming to work. Never a day I haven't wanted to be here. You talk about people bringing things into this role, into this job. What do you bring, Joe? What is it from your previous experience, your previous skills that you've managed to bring forward into your role now as head? I think it's relationships with people. I mean, you know, I was very, very lucky. I got to, to meet all sorts of people, you know, People like Nelson Mandela, for example, I went to, to South Africa with a programme one time. So I've met some very, very famous people, some real celebrities. I've also met lots and lots of ordinary people with fascinating stories to tell. And that, that's that been great. So, you know, everybody that you, you, know, you might imagine would end up on a television screen that's the sort of person, if you work for dispatches, that uh, that you might come across, all sorts of different types. And I think that helps me now, because I suppose I am a people person. I like being with people. I like chatting with people. I like finding out their stories. And I, th- I hope that I've got a really good relationship with the, the parents of our school who are really, really important in our school community here. And so whilst I love uh, being with kids and teaching kids and and, and being part of their day-to-day life, I like the interactions with the parents too. I think some head teachers are a bit scared of parents, whereas actually I think think that that isn't my experience. I think, you know, sometimes parents have got things that they're concerned about or that they're they're questioning, you know, why are you doing it that way or is this really what you should be doing? Or they're demanding things that, you know, they're, they're wanting certain things for their children. But I think I, I, I like sitting down and talking to people and, and being open and saying, well, let's kind of work through this together and see see what's going on here and see if we can make it right if it is wrong. Of course, you mentioned there the idea of head teachers who are scared of parents. I'm sure there are plenty of parents who are scared of head teachers. And if you can break through that and establish really positive relationships with parents, I'm sure that's good. I don't think anyone's scared of me. They're really not. <laughs> yeah, I can believe that. Absolutely. Now, Joe, you mentioned that each day is special at school. Tell us about a, a typical day. What does a typical day look like at Bancroft's Prep School? I mean, there is no typical day. And that, again, sounds, well, come on, really? Surely they all sort of blur into each other. But they don't. There is always something different going on. And some of those things are quite challenging uh, and, and, and concerning. And some of those things are just brilliant. And in terms of what we do under this roof, it's a special collection of, of teachers, a special collection of individuals. And they all bring different things, as we've just said. And, and, and the way that they, with their enthusiasms, want to take children in, in particular directions with their learning that means that, that that every day there's something new going on something special and I think I mean we are a, a, a traditional school in many ways I mean when I look up the hill we can see Hogwarts up on the hill which is our senior school and we're a much more modern, modern building where I'm speaking to you from <laughs> is that what um, you call it Hogwarts is that how the senior school is referred to the children think it is. I remember when I first turned up here on my first day, I had to wear a gown uh, to go up to chapel, which is a kind of traditional thing that we do. And I said to the children, this is a bit weird, isn't it? You know, do you, do you, do you, do you like us to wear these gowns? They said, no, it's great. It's like Harry Potter. We love all that. So I think we're comfortable with our tra- traditions and we respect our traditions, but we are a very modern and progressive place. And I thank the parents for that because I think the parents have got great trust in us. And so when we say we're going to do new things, so for example, outdoor learning, outdoor learning is something that we've put on the curriculum and there's a 
couple of us, uh, the head of outdoor learning, Chris Hall and myself, we, we, we jump in a couple of minibuses and take some children down to a place called Lambourne End every Monday afternoon. And we clear bits of forest and we plant things and, and there are animals there that the children can uh, can, can, can get to, uh, to, 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 to kind of care for, etc. And you might think, well, come on, you're a really academic school. You know, this, this place has a reputation for being a, a truly academic place. What's outdoor learning got to do with that? But I think that that's one of the reasons that we are special is that you know, we're really about the whole child here. And I know all schools say that they're about the whole child, but I think we're very fortunate. Our children tend to be very curious about the world. They're hardworking, they're motivated, their parents are motivated on their behalf as well, sometimes too motivated on their behalf. But I think, you know, we are about also developing their character because that mustn't be forgotten. We don't just want to create children who pass loads and loads of exams and then end up failing life. That, that, that would be awful and that's not what we should be about as a school. So we're really keen on giving children lots of experiences, perhaps outside the norm of what you would expect to have in a school. And we're really keen to develop their characters as they go through this place. And, and we do see it as a journey from here right the way up to 18 when they leave the senior school. Our kids also have an automatic place to the senior school. If they get in at seven, their parents can relax. And it, and it does make this also a situation where we don't have to narrow everything down to, to maths and English when the children approach 11, which many schools have to do to get them over an academic hump. I mean, our children always do well academically, but it does mean we can keep the curriculum rich and broad and diverse and fun all the way through their time with us. And I think what that means is that our kids have got a really good attitude to learning. And it's not just stuffing their heads full of facts that they're going to forget. It's about them being sort of partners in all this and saying, these are things we want to find out. These are our interests. These are our enthusiasms. And we're there to help direct them and, and help fulfill that because come age 11 come the idea of which school will i go to will i get in the pressure is off to an extent you can focus instead on learning in the broader sense absolutely you really can in education in its broadest sense is what we're about but we're fortunate we're fortunate that that automatic place guarantees that it means that you know the focus as i say doesn't need to to just solely be on the academic at that time you mentioned outdoor learning there as something that you've introduced to the school during your time there. Are there any other changes that you and your colleagues have brought or seen in the school? I just think we constantly want to maintain high standards, but think, how can we be reinventing ourselves? How can we be looking to do new things? I mean, for example, you know, philosophy is on the timetable at the moment. Design technology is something that we do. And, and these are things that have, you know, have been on the timetable for quite a short period of time. Something like coding is, is something that we put on the timetable. I mean, you can find with the type of child who, who comes to Bancroft's, you need to take care that they're not too perfectionist. You know, they're, they're, they're not worried, so worried about making mistakes that they can't start with things. And, you know, in a primary school, we, we say this thing, you know, mistakes are our friends. And we mean it. Sometimes you have to go wrong to go right. And I think that was one of the reasons going back that quite recently that we thought, look, coding is something that we can really get into here. Coding as in computer programming, this sort of idea. Yeah? With computers, it's like making little games, things like that, designing things like that. And there are competitions that you can do. There's a, a Scratch is a program that the children use. And there are competitions where you, you compete with other schools and share ideas and, and see what they're doing as well. And we're really, really good at that. But I think with something like that, you can't get it right first time. You have to see the benefit of, 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 of looking at something and seeing that you've gone off track and getting back on track. And I think that's something that's really important for us. And so we're constantly looking at the children and, and taking feedback from them as well, because I think, you know, we, 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 
we are partners in learning with them. And, and I think we, we take feedback from them all the time about, well, you know, how did you do this? Could you have done it differently? Can you see how you could do it better? Because it is a, a learning journey. You know, we're not really thinking about your, you know, outcomes all the time and I think sometimes people can feel quite outcome driven can't they and we're saying no this is a process this this should be fun this should be interesting sometimes it could be infuriating and frustrating when you can't work something out but that wow moment when you finally get it we want to give those children those wow moments all the time whether it's on the sports field whether it's in drama whether it's in music whether it's in our science lab wherever it might be we want them to think wow now I get it yeah that's great and I'm pleased with myself that I stuck at it something else that we've brought in are these things called learning powers which are on the wall behind me and and this gives us a kind of vocabulary so that we can talk to the children and 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 say well you know have you collaborated enough of this lesson you have you shown enough resilience have you shown enough critical thinking or curiosity or whatever it might be and I think that's important because we're not just kind of delivering lessons to the children and just filling their heads with facts as I've said what we're trying to do is to get them to develop these learning skills and good learning habits that are going to last them their whole lives and, and that when they're doing their GCSEs when they're doing their A-levels these sorts of things mean that they have a sense in their heads of how do I approach this best what do I need is this something that I'm going to do best on my own am I going to do well here working with other people and all of this of course is is, 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 is linking into people's characters and, and, and how they are and who they become as human beings. Do you see that as part of the role of a prep school of a, of a junior school to instill in children this love of learning that will set them up for later on in their educational career? I mean, to some extent, we're very lucky. I mean, we're, we're very heavily oversubscribed. And the children, you know, people often say to me, what are you looking for? What do you want in the children that you, you bring to Bancroft's? And so I suppose, you know, what I would say more than anything else is a sort of a curiosity about the world. That, that child who asks lots and lots of questions and wants to know how things work, wants to take things apart, you know, is interested in everything that's going on around them. And I think that is such a great starting point for a teacher. And that's one of the reasons that I love this place is that the children, I'll whisper it, but they're quite easy to teach actually, because you know, the, you're know you halfway there. You're not having to sell it to them really. They want to learn, they're ready to learn. And so that, that makes our lives so much easier. And if we're passionate about our subjects as we all are, it does mean that, you know, and passionate about working with this age group of children, it does mean that you've got a real strong chance of success. Now, you've told us so much there that sounds positive and so inspiring and and sometimes really good fun. But surely there must be challenging days. Could you tell us a little bit about those and, and how you handle them in your role as head? Yeah, I mean, of course, and we're talking about children and, and, and not everything is rosy in the garden when you're a child. And, and there will, of course, be times when the children have, uh, are unhappy about things or they're worried about things or the things that are going on in their wider lives. And that's another thing that I feel is a real strength of this place is that we as a staff, we're a very close-knit bunch. We like each other. We, we, we spend a lot of time outside school with each other often and I think we talk about the children a lot and we want to know that they're okay and I think we're we're a small enough school that that everybody's on our radar 
And I think that's really, really important. And so there will be challenges and there are, there are big things that happen in children's lives. That's, you know, how life is sometimes. I think we are very good at being there for them and helping them through whatever it is that's going on in their lives at that particular time. And But yeah, you're absolutely right. Of course, not everything is, is, is going to be rosy all the time. But ultimately, it's a really positive place to be and a fun place to be. I think when I came here and, you know, when I became head, and this is going to sound quite trite, but I really wanted this to be a place where the staff would love to come to work and the children would love to learn. And that's such an easy sentence to say, but it's really, really hard to achieve and really, really hard to maintain in some ways. But I think that is the great success of this place. And it's why people, they only need to walk through the door and they get a feel about this place and the buzz about this place. And they can see, well, people are happy here. And it's the first of our school rules. Everyone has the right to be happy. And again, you think, oh, come on, really? But yeah, everybody Everybody has the right to be happy and that's so important because everything that's good flows from that. If it's a happy place, if it's a buzzy place, good things are going to happen and they do. I'm certainly getting that impression from this conversation. You mentioned the risk of sounding trite there, but but I'm getting the impression that this is very, very genuine and very, very real, that this positivity and this honesty and this joy isn't just something that sounds good in a prospectus. This is something that is actually lived, actually experienced by the teachers and by the children. I mean, you, you find yourself obviously using phrases that, you know, they matter to you, but they, they may sound a bit trite. I've got a poster behind me on my office wall which says, work hard, play hard, be kind. And when I knew that I was going to be speaking to you, I thought, I better find out who said that. I picked it up in Oliver Boner's shop on Tottenham Court Road. Work hard, play hard, be kind in a nice frame. And, uh, and often, you know, when people come into my office, they comment on it. And looking on the internet, apparently it was Harry Styles, formerly of One Direction, who said it. I'm sure that, I'm sure that can't be true. I'm sure someone else must have said it before him, but I'm obviously delighted to be sharing a worldview with Harry Styles of One Direction. But wherever these things come from, they can sound trite, they can sound cliche, but if you mean it, and I think that's the great thing about the staff here, we do it like we mean it, we're sincere, we want to make this a great place and it is a great place. Do it like you mean it. I think we can all feel something from that. There was something else I wanted to ask you, Joe. We've heard a bit about your previous career as an investigative journalist, and we know obviously about your career now as head of Bancroft's Prep School. But am I right in thinking there's another string to your bow as well? Well, there is, except no one remembers it anymore, much to my chagrin. Whenever it's kind of World Book Day or anything, I think, what about bringing out one of my books? Um, I did actually write three children's books, and they were pretty successful at the time, if I may say so, and I was very pleased with them. It's kind of an itch that I had to scratch. As a journalist, obviously, you fancy that you're a good writer and you can write books. And I didn't, though, actually write any any stories that got published until I became a teacher. And I think really that was because it was until I became a teacher, I I hadn't really found my audience. And so when I was teaching English to children back in the day, often I'd be sort of trying out some of these ideas on them, using them as a little kind of lab. And and, and in the end, I did. I got got three books published and uh, and, and they, they did well. But of course, there's so much and so much good stuff in children's literature that books often don't stay in print for very, very long. There are books of mine out there. Every now and again, someone says, I found this in the library. Is this you? And I'm thinking, yeah, it is actually. Thank you very much. <laughs> what books should we listen out for, Joe? Uh, what books are we likely to have in our school library that may have your name on the spine? Well, I, I don't know if you'll find that. People joke now and say, I think I found a rare unsigned copy of one of your books because I, I did do lots of uh, signings at the time. And one of them won a, the Tower Hamlets Book Award. So I signed it for 
just about every kid who was in Tower Hamlets at the time. So there's, uh, it's, it's hard to find one that, um, that that's a, a copy without my signature in it. But yeah, no, it was fun. It was something that I wanted to do at the time, but I'm not precious about it. And I think also, you know, time moves on, children's tastes move on. And uh, I don't, I suppose I could, but uh, I don't insist that people read my books when they come to Bancroft. There's one called Ghostscape. And that was uh, when I first came into teaching, I worked in the London Borough of Newham and I worked with a, a, a number of Somali kids who, whose, whose stories were, were amazing and, 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 and really quite quite extraordinary. And the main character of Ghostscape is a, a little girl called Aisha, who's a Somali girl. And the kind of, uh, it's a time shift story, they're called, uh, sort of a, a, a time shift story is, is what the publishing world calls them. And the other main character was sort of based on my dad, who, who grew up in uh, in the East End of London and, and stayed in London during the Blitz. And so it's, it's a story about how those two characters interact and, and, and me absolutely brilliant loved writing it and yeah I'm very proud of it but these days as I say it's 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 it, no one comes to my door and says can you sign my copy of Ghostscape much to my uh, chagrin but there we go time to move on time to move on so Joe Joe Layburn head of Bancroft's prep school thank you so much for joining us today you've been brilliant it's been a pleasure thank you very much Clive that was Joe Layburn head of Bancroft's prep school Joe told us of his own fascinating career path and helped us get to know the culture and values of the prep school and how that relates to Bancroft Senior School. Thank you so much, Joe. That's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website, bancrofts.org. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.